Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Hector Mike Experience. Common sense in an uncommon world, and so we are. We are now. I'm. I'm in. We're, I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, Mike's obviously he lives in uh, Pasadena, so in California. And I mean, this is. Uh, we we originally wanted to do this podcast about two hours earlier, but uh, seeing how we got home last night about one or two in the morning from the <laughs> presidential debate, I am talking about like, a hangover. I had a, I had a breakfast this morning. I had a can. I canceled last night about one in the morning, saying. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to be beat in the morning. So, uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was great to see a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time. I mean, um, you know, getting to do a lot of these interviews with um, Spectrum, Univision, and just, just a host of other folks um, was a lot. I mean, it was, was, was fun, amazing. And uh, I mean, ended up in the spin room last night um, with like over, you know, over 500 reporters. And I mean, it was just, it just brought back memories. I mean, this is, I think this is my fourth or fifth uh, presidential debate I've been involved in um, with helping out with the press and being a spokesperson. Um, and it, it was, it was, uh, it was truly, truly uh, a great time. Um, Mike, uh, what, and Mike, and I don't know how the hell you did this, but you ended up having some really good seats. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, yes, I was there to do media work and I ended up getting a seat to uh, sit down and watch the debate. But I mean, my seat was like behind the big giant blue pole um which I'm, i'll put i'll try to see if i can if i can post should, yeah that's a good the yeah, picture you have of you in the pole <laughs> the un, the obstructed view seat that's what you got when you go to Ticketmaster. the obstructed view seat you wonder why it's only three dollars and then you realize because you have to have a flexible neck to see around what's going on but but you yeah, ended, I, I mean and then you ended up it's kind of funny because um you ended up coming out on tv quite a bit so <laughs> which is kind of scary hopefully i wasn't picking my nose or anything but i was wide awake at least i could say that yeah it was about five five rows behind Stuart varney and uh even from behind sometimes when he was he would start to talk i'm like what the hell is that guy saying because it was he has such a an english accent a uh, british accent but it was uh it, you know for 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 the the work that we've done, it's it's kind of like a, a World Series game, yeah. um, you know. And for me, it was enjoyable because I remember in 2015 and 16, you know, I think there were like literally like 13 or 14 Republican debates, and I went to all but one of them and worked. So I was like behind the stage and you know watching all of the machinations and doing the preparation and everything else. This one was, you know, show up, sit down, you know, make a few comments out loud in my out loud voice during the course of the thing to get, you know, we were laugh. We were definitely having some laughs in the row I was in. There's yeah. no doubt about it. it but it was energetic. Um, you know, there's an energy to it um, if you're in in our line of work, and and obviously, you know, doing it at the Reagan Library, which is an unbelievably great setting. Um, was special as well so and we survived and you know we're we survived the, and there's a there's a there's a the next one is in miami yeah on, it was i believe it's in november 8th or somewhere around that that time mm -hmm. so but well, hey, you Mike, should, i'm telling you man you should you should get on the horn now and and try and do some analysis for telemundo or univision or you know i can try and do some you know analysis for the comedy channel and uh you know miami beach ain't bad i've been there yeah 
no, it, it is a great place. Uh, Mike, so what was your, uh, you know, I, I was looking, I was looking at the, at this, um, looking at the debate, you know, looking at the post debate, a lot of comments about, um, you know, Kamala Harris not being there and Gavin Newsom kind of taking the role over for, for the campaign. What is, you know, the lack of no confidence on her. There was discussions obviously about some of the topics discussed, such as immigration, um, inflation, energy, you know, and I think one of the, I think a couple of surprising things, you know, when it came to some of the questions that were asked by, um, by the moderators, um, you know, it's, uh, there was a, there was that moment at the end where, you know, Dana Perino asked the question, you know, please write down, you know, who you, who you would vote basically off the island if you could, um, you know, which one of the, which one of these candidates would you vote off the island? And there was, you know, there was some contention there from the, uh, from the debaters over to, to her, you know, for even asking that question. I, they should have wrote down Dana Perino, get a real journalist. I, I was, you know, I have a lot of respect for her. I mean, she did an amazing job in the, in the Bush administration. Right. Um, and, and she's done a great job on Fox, but, you know, it was too cute by half. Right. Um, and, and they called her out on it, which I thought was great. And, and the, I think the one who led that, it was kind of tough to, because everybody's talking at once, but <clears throat> it sounded to me like the one who, who did that first was, was DeSantis. Right. Um, and he did that in the previous debate where they, you know, raise your hand for this or that. He's like, we're not going to get into that stuff. And, and I give him credit for that. And they all kind of yeah. piped in um, because it's, you know, it's these people are serious people. You may like them, you may not like them, but they're, they're serious people and credentialed people. And she's trying to turn, I don't know if, if there was this kind of thing to make it hip or make it pop culture or whatever, but it was a terrible way to end the debate. I thought, and and I think it left Fox um, with a black eye, in a way, because it was such a a poorly scripted way to end the debate. Um, well, you, so you, didn't, I, you it, didn't get a lot of people. You didn't get a lot of people who would answer even you know afterwards. And it's just they end up going to one or two and give me your final thoughts. And everybody else got left in the dark because you know they only left that five minutes because right. they wanted to get this voting off the island, but. You know, and, and you and I um, at, uh, I don't know, whatever time it was, one in the morning, so forth, over at Denny's, uh, <laughs> you know, after it was already I, open. Um, I know, it's rich country club Republicans. Yes, at I know, Denny's at one o'clock in the morning in the valley. Yeah. And so <laughs> we, uh, you know, we, we talked about this, but, you know, I think it's important is, so this this was like a trap, right? It's like, who, who, uh, who, who are you voting off the island? But. And they didn't fall for this one, but they, but, Oof. but there was another one there, yes. another trap that was laid out. Um, amazingly, you know, and, and I, and I was, I was angry about it because, and what, I guess what made me angry was a little bit that it came from Dana Perino. That's the kind of thing I would expect from somebody else. Um, and it was trying to pit one candidate against the other specifically Tim Scott against Nikki Haley, the two South Carolinians. And it worked. The whole yep. ploy worked. Um, and so, you know, instead of Tim Scott, who I think had a very good night overall, instead of Tim Scott saying, and I think this is one of the things 
Republicans need to learn here is that in, in the communication with the moderators, yeah, you know, you always tell people, answer the question you wish they asked, don't answer the question they asked. Mm-hmm. That still holds true. But in some cases, you'll win points right. by putting the moderator in their place. And right. so what Tim Scott really should have said is, you know what, I'm not going to address this. To, I'm happy to answer your question, but I'm not going to address it to Nikki Haley. I'm going to address it right to the people that are watching because they're the ones that are going to vote. Nikki Haley's not going to vote for me for president of the United States in the primary. If I win, I hope she votes for me. If she wins, I'm going to vote for her. But she's not going to vote for me in the primary. So I'm not going to engage in that kind of stuff. But I will tell the people and then go into why you, you know what you've done to want to be president. Instead, you had the split screen TV. You had... Nikki going at, you know, him kind of presenting his case to Nikki Haley, which was pretty awkward. It's like, you know, what are you trying to prove to her? She comes back and takes a shot at him. Of course, he then takes a shot at her. And the the media got what they wanted out of that, which was two, I thought, very credible candidates of substance going at each other. So chalk that, chalk that as a win for the media and a loss for the GOP. Um, and it... They fell for the trap of not just answering the question, but doing it in the manner that the moderator presented. And what they should have done is is really just change the dynamic and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't care what you I don't care how you want me to do this. I'll address people as to why I should. I'm not going to address one single individual. And why Nikki Haley? Why do I have to explain it to Nikki Haley? Why not Chris Christie? Why not Doug Burgum? You know, I, I mean... That they felt, unfortunately, they fell for that, and it and it kind of spiraled at that point, and uh, and and went into what the what the press wanted, which was you know two people kind of uh, going at each other, um, right? When and, it didn't and, need and to be that and way. It's, and it's amazing, especially you know because we do this all the time when we talk to our clients. Is you got you're going to get the reporter. Sometimes they're going to ask you a question in a specific way. You don't have to answer it directly that way. You could. Answer it how you want to answer it. Don't don't allow yourself to get caught in that trap. And you know, and we worked through a lot of these scenarios with with uh, with execs, with candidates, with other folks who are you know going to do interviews or potentially you know get in front of a media in some time. And I mean, these are all seasoned individuals, and so it just it was it was amazing to see uh, to see them fall in that trap. But luckily, they didn't fall in the uh, second trap um, mm-hmm. where. And, where they and said, I, you know, we're, we're not going to um, see who we vote off the island, you know. Of I, and I think part of that, you know, looking at it from a comp standpoint, communication standpoint, part of that was because of who asked the question. See, if that was Anderson Cooper or someone from MSNBC or something like that, they they probably would have been more on their defensive. Uh, these guys are trying to trying to trap me because it was someone that they probably felt was kind of more akin to them because of, you know, her previous work in the Bush administration and the fact she's on Fox News and the Fox 5 and all this other stuff. They had they let their guard down with the media because of who it was. And she took advantage of that. And, you know, quite frankly, I think that sucked, (laughs) to be honest with you. I was like, you know, come on, girl. but, you know, I mean, she's a journalist. I, I, if they learned anything from this, all of them, it should be, it doesn't matter who's sitting at that desk. Don't trust them. They're not out for your well-being. 
They're not out to promote you. They're not out to make you look good. I don't care if they worked for Trump or Romney. I don't care who they work for. If they're sitting there as a member of the media, you, you treat them as someone to be wary of, regardless of how well you know them and regardless of what their credentials are and where you may have known them from. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, I'll tell you a story. I learned that when I was a young Republican. I remember I was working for the great mayor of Providence, and I was also chairman of the Young Republicans in Rhode Island. And we had a candidate running for, um, I think it was general treasurer, and a press guy that I knew very, very well, great guy. You know, he asked me a question. Do you think that, um, you know, Ronald Reagan on top of the ticket is going to help or hurt this guy in Rhode Island? And, you know, in my usual flip manner, even back then, I said, Jesus Christ on top of the ticket ain't going to help this guy. Well, that's what he puts in. The guy gets all pissed off, and I end up getting reamed out by the mayor. Uh, many times I get reamed out by the mayor. Um, but you never, you know, no matter how well you know them, no matter how much you think they're on your side, they're not. Yep. You know, they, they've got a job to do, and their job is to put you into a corner and make you do something that is going to make them news, but not not necessarily in your own best interest. So, right, and, it, and it really comes down to keep your guard up at all times. Well, yeah, you know, you're just, me, and, and that's one of the things. The important things is you know, even <clears throat> when you got the mic on, you know, it's like people are listening. Just keep your guard mm -hmm. up during the whole time. But exactly. you know, going going into this into a little bit more into debate, and I was looking at my notes that we wrote that I wrote last night as we were having our Denny's. Uh, early or uh, late night dinner um and oddly oddly enough it's it's uh it's worse than chicken scratch i mean but uh in looking at look at my notes i know we we uh, we talked about last night too is all these different sound bites you know that the candidates right. were were throwing out there all these kind of one-liners there's some good good one-liners that were thrown out there um chris christie had a had a, had a good one-liner i i you know when he looked directly in the camera and you know he um he said, look, Donald, I know, I know you can't help yourself. You're watching this debate. And he called him, uh, you know, people are going to be called, referring to him as Donald Duck. Um, a good line. Um, you know, um, Nikki Haley had one over to uh, to uh, Vivek on, um, on some of the things he was saying. I, I don't remember exactly. I think she said. Uh, every, time, every time I listen to you, I get a little bit dumber. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, which may I, be you know, from a movie somewhere, I think. But you know, it's like okay, so we've got all these one-liners. What, what we, a lot of these folks, you know, it, and I said this at, in at Univision a couple times in Telemundo last night is because they asked me, I said, "What is this debate about?" You know, what what are they what are they what are they looking to prove? I said, "Well, right now this is like a job interview, and it's a job interview where." They're, they're the 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 uh, people making the decision are the voters, and so they you know they've got to go out there and present themselves, present their ideas, solutions, and and uh, so forth. But with a, a lot of one-liners, but what seemed to be missing here were here are my three points or here are my two points on how I solve how I would solve this problem. Here's here's my here's here's one concrete idea, two or three. I, we got a lot of I've done it before, I've done it here. Yeah. I've got experience, um, and, and it, to me, that was the part that was a little bit lacking. Substance. Um, yeah, I, and I think a couple of times folks hit on it, 
the ones that strike me the most that, that talked about it, talked about stuff of substance, um, of what they would do as opposed to just saying, I've done it here and this is what, you know, and, and I'll do it there. Um, were Nikki Haley, ironically enough, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, to me, th those were the two that did get into specific things that they would do. Um, but the others, uh, you know, it was just more along the lines of, um, you know, this is, you know, I've done this before in my state and this is what I would do for the country. Um, you know, and so they, they went more with the, sometimes it felt more like they were auditioning to be a host for Saturday Night Live when they come back. Um, and probably if that's the case, Chris Christie has an, has a really good chance because he had some great lines and he delivered them well. And Mike Pence has no chance because he had no lines and delivered the ones he tried poorly, um, including the one about the teachers union and his wife. And it was like, whoa, TMI, Mike, TMI. Um, so there wasn't really what their job is is right now is to try and convince a republic the first debate was about them trying to convince people that they are the candidate um to step up if donald trump were somehow falling whether it be because of election stuff or because of legal stuff or what have you or whatever that they are ready to step in and be the front runner. And I think in the first debate, several of them made that case very, very well. In this debate, none of them made the case that they should be the one to replace him, even if he doesn't fall. And I think that's where, if you look at it from a standpoint of what did they achieve or not achieve, um, I think that's, that's exactly what happened. They did not, they achieved, showing that they have some depth, they achieve showing that, you know, they're articulate, but, but what they did not achieve was convincing Republican voters who currently are now overwhelmingly supporting Donald Trump that they should be an alternative to him regardless of whether or not he's in or out. Um, I, think, I don't think any of them made that case last night. And, and that, that really uh, plays well into... Um kind of the last area we we uh, we discussed last night is you know what were some what were some of the surprises that came out of it you know I know you you would uh, as you mentioned right now is that you know was was there anyone who really stood out or is there anyone who really shined you know um, from the pack um, does it, did anyone come across as though they're ready they're ready to you know um, strip down some of the poll numbers that you got from Trump right now? And, you know, with your comments right now, obviously, to you, it didn't look like it. I mean, there was a couple of other, other items for me that came that was surprising, too. I mean, and more of it kind of in the sad part was I was really taken aback with Univision and how many questions they, they, they got to ask on immigration as though that's the only thing that Hispanics care about. And, you know, even looking at Univision's polling that came out this week, I mean, jobs in the economy were were, were front and center, gas prices, roads. Um, there's there's a tremendous amount of other things, education. And yet, you know, they got somehow they we ended up spending a quarter of this debate just talking about immigration. Now, I know it's an important issue with what's happening in the border. But you probably could have spread those questions around and and not have the um, the host 
you know, ask about that, then ask about DACA and ask about a variety of other things right. because, you know, I, it's, it's, this, it's this idea of being pigeonholed all the time and realizing that, you know, that Hispanics, you know, we care about more than just immigration. We care right. about, I mean, we care about it, whatever you're, we care about everything you care about, Mike, but, and everyone else cares about, um, especially right. here in California where we're, you know, where Hispanics <clears throat> cover or Latinos cover a majority of the population. And, to just get it tracked down over to or bogged down where we are just talking about immigration, I, I think was a disservice to the 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 network. It's a disservice to the people itself. But um, that's the, that's the thing that kind of got me um, a bit just a little frustrated because I think that's a great point. They they played into the stereotype, which is that's all that that you know Spanish people, Hispanics, Latinos care about. And it's not even their own. What's ironic is, as you just said, even their own data shows yeah. that that's not all they care about. And what it did is it reinforced amongst, you know, people that this is all they care about. And 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 maybe it is. I mean, but they exactly what you said. I mean, you collect data so that you use data to do a better job and by just doing the same routine things over and over about immigration and immigration and immigration, it does do a disservice not only to them as a credible news organization, but to the community that they serve because they're not representing what the community they serve is worried about, which is, like you said, their own data shows how much it costs to get gas, how much it costs to get milk, how much it costs to get medicine, all of the same things most people are interested in yeah. um and so they 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 play to their stereotype which was unfortunate they had a chance to do something different yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I think that was you're right that that was a surprise it was a missed opportunity for them um but i think you know to me some of the surprises from last night were just how um no one really rose like in the last debate to me, you know, Nikki Haley rose. And and I think she still, I mean, if I had to pick someone that won the debate last night, I would say it was Nikki Haley. Um, because, you know, she, uh, she fended off attacks on her, but she also gave as good as she got. Um, you know, so I think she, you know, if you had to pick a winner, it was probably her. But it wasn't like it was in the first debate where it was, you know, significantly different. Um, I, and, and I think, you know, the, the, the other one is Vivek is just, um, I don't know, man, he's, <laughs> he tried, he tried to, it was just kind of funny because he was trying to be more um, friendly and, and what have you and ended up in the middle of the whole China thing and TikTok and, and what have you. And, you know, his business dealings and, and everything else. But I will say this, and, and maybe this was a surprise to me, um, and we'll see how it plays out over time. One of the things Nikki Haley did is she broke new ground when she went after Ron DeSantis about his, his record on fracking and oil um, and talked about, well, you know, you talk about day one, but what about day two when you took over? And, and I don't, really no one has been talking about that. And so I think probably what's happening now is the oppo researchers of all these campaigns and probably in the media are now doing, 
you know, looking to see exactly what it is that happened in Florida and why it happened. And it'll be interesting to see that come up as well. Maybe the other thing just to throw out there that surprised me, and, and we talked about this on the last podcast, I actually thought abortion would be talked about more last night yeah. than it was. Because, you know, there has been this dust up within the Republican Party where, you know, Trump talked about um, abortion as being an issue that hurt us in 2022, our inability to to message that. Um, and it and. You know, people like Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis, took really umbrage with that, as did some some of the Christian organizations within the party. So I was surprised that didn't come up as much as it did. I thought it would. Yeah. Well, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's another another debate in the books. Um, uh, as we mentioned, and the next one is in I, be- I believe it's November eighth over in Miami. Miami um, should should be a lot of fun there, um, but. Uh, but no, it was, it was, uh, I had a great time here. I, like I said, I had a great time hanging out with you. Um, although we didn't, I didn't get to sit, you know, five rolls back. I had to sit behind a pole somewhere, uh, in the mezzanine section. Um, but, you know, but it was good also getting together with Luis Alvarado and, uh, seeing him, him, him do his thing, which was, which is great. I hadn't seen him in a while. And so it was, uh, it was nice to, uh, like I said, get together with a lot of folks and, it was exhausting, but it was. Uh, I think I. I want to say I clocked in like eight miles yesterday, just walking back. Oh, and just forth. Walk, yeah, walking in the library. Yeah, yeah, walking and back and forth from one place to another to another. Yeah. So. And let, let me just put in a plug for the library for anybody that's in California that hasn't been there. Man, you should go. And it doesn't matter what party you are. Yeah. I mean, it it is one of the the better presidential libraries that you will find, and I think regardless of your political persuasion you can walk away there with a lifted spirit yeah which you know is is a good thing in politics these days even if you don't agree with the policy the you know what president reagan was able to do the way he comported himself um you know even if if you're not on the same page and certainly if you are it's it's just you know in some respects overwhelming but you know, it is, uh, it's a great place to visit and see a, a portion of history um, and a portion of politics that was different than it is today. Clearly, it's completely different. Yeah, and you, you, got, you get to see, and we, we talked about this as we were walking through the Reagan Library together, um, as we were going to, to the, uh, actually, as we were walking over to seats, um, you, you could see the pictures, you saw, you saw video and everything, and what you really saw is a man who I, you said it best, who was comfortable, who seemed comfortable is no, is in his own skin. Yeah. Ronald Reagan had a, had a core, um, of what he believed. He had an ability to articulate that in a way that, that, um, did not offend people, even when you disagreed with him. He had an ability to do something which is rare today, which is work with the other side either way, going either way. Um, and he just believed in what he believed. And uh, um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's funny because sometimes those of us who have been in politics for so long, you see the way politics is today and you need something like that to give you a shot of inspiration and hope that we can somehow get back to that where you can have disagreements without being disrespectful. Um, and, you know, but the one thing he had, I always say this, is 
and, and he had that core belief of what he believed um, and uh, he didn't waver from that and yeah. I think that's what that's what made him someone comfortable in his own skin yeah, yeah. so well, go see well, it Mike, if, you, if you haven't had a chance go see it and yeah. they'll well, clean up the blood on the floor has probably been cleaned up by now from last night and <laughs> you know all the other shenanigans that might have taken place afterwards but um you know, I, I, I do think it was inspirational, but having said that, I I do think that we should take the um, Hector and Mike show to South Beach, Miami. I could use a little sun. <laughs> that would that would that would be walk fun. along the beach. We do it right on the beach. You know, I I remember going to the debate in Miami in 2015 or 2016. I forget if it was 15 or 16 at the University of Miami. Mm -hmm. And and the the one thing I remember about that one is I was behind the stage and I have a picture of this and this was after the New Hampshire debate where um, Marco and and Marco Rubio and the, and Donald Trump were arguing about the size of their hands, um, you know, and, and all of that that comes with that. And in the behind the stage before they go out to start their debate, there's Marco and Donald Trump doing this, you know, who's got the bigger hand, and I'm just like. Man, this is surreal. But South Beach, I think we should be there. I think we should. We, I think we should. <laughs> so, well, Mike, it was great. Great seeing you yesterday. Um, great getting together, and that uh, that pretty much concludes this this episode. And so, time I'm for a nap. <laughs> what was that? Time for a nap. Time for a nap. Yep. Time for the the rest of the interviews that happened this later on this afternoon. That's but, right. Uh, all right. Take care. All right. Mike. Thanks.